Welcome to today's episode of the One America podcast. We're talking about the historic, historic confirmation of now Justice Katanji Brown Jackson of Florida to the United States Supreme Court. And I have a few insights for you, a few things I want to say about the process, uh, the resilience of America, the Constitution, and of the great, great ceiling that was shattered by this amazing woman uh, making living history. Get ready. Greetings, listeners here in the United States and around the world. This is your host, Sophia Nelson, and it has been a minute since I have done a uh, podcast for this uh, great platform, uh, One America Podcast. And I wanted to uh, come on today and uh, talk a little bit about the history that was made here in the United States on Friday. Uh, Now it is Madam Justice Katanji Brown Jackson. And what a wonderful, momentous, stirring, um, moving celebration that uh, was hosted at the White House. Uh, For those of you who have not watched, I urge you to get a video copy of the new justices' remarks, uh, the president's remarks, of the vice president's remarks. Uh, Amazing photographs, uh, particularly one that I have pinned on my Twitter feed at I am Sophia Nelson. I may have taken that down briefly for uh, to show the the uh, clip from this morning on Sunday uh, with my TV hit, but it'll go back up. But the, there's a wonderful photograph of President Joe Biden in the middle walking out of the White House with his aviator glasses on, his famous glasses, and Vice President Harris to his right, and now Justice Jackson to his left. And a great photo of a great nation making great progress on race gender equality and uh, breaking those glass ceilings at the highest levels. You know, whatever you think about Joe Biden, whether you voted for him or not, isn't the issue. I have said this before the election. I knew he would be elected and I knew it because I think this country always rises to the moment of our better angels, even when we traffic in darkness and traffic in division and traffic in racism and sexism and all kind of isms where we tear each other down. We always kind of come back And Joe Biden's been around a long time. You know, I've been a lifelong moderate Republican, as everybody knows. That's no secret. And it's been disappointing, frankly, in these last number of years to not have a strong national candidate that's a Republican that I could vote for, somebody who really represents the values of the party I joined back in 1988. Um, It is not that same party, but that's another podcast for another day. I want to talk, though, about uh, this new justice and I want to open with her words, um, and I think that they are fitting because as we have this great debate right now about race and um, critical race theory and books that are being banned and not offending people and viewpoint diversity and cancel culture and all of that, I think we need to stop every once in a while and traffic in some facts, some real non-debatable hardcore facts. And the new justice opened with these words. She said, it has taken 232 years and 115 prior appointments for a black woman to be selected to serve on the Supreme Court of the United States. But we've made it. We've made it. All of us, Jackson said. You know, she went on, of course, to 
really, I think, pull on the heartstrings, particularly of those of us in the black community, by quoting Dr. Maya Angelou and quoting um, great lines of poetry about fulfilling the dream of the slave and being the embodiment of that. But I thought one of the greatest lines she had in her speech was that this young woman, she's only 51 years old. She's four years younger than me. She's a Gen Xer, but she's a young justice. She'll be on the court for a good 30 years or more. And she talked about, you know, growing up in in Florida, her parents in segregated Southern Florida, the South, the deep South. Um, and she talked about going from segregation to the Supreme court in just one generation. And that's powerful. And that's America. You know, a colleague, uh, on TV, one of the pundits, uh, yeah, has a new book out and, uh, made the New York times bestseller list. And he can be very, uh, you know, Ellie is, he's wild. He, he says what he thinks. He, uh, calls it as he sees it, but he, recently called the constitution garbage and that upset me and that offended me and I told him so I mean you look I'm not afraid of the public square I'll debate you right there on the spot that's what we're supposed to do he's entitled to his opinion I disagree but I think Justice Jackson now being elevated to the Supreme Court besides the horrific and disgusting behavior of my former party the Republican Party Thank you, Mitt Romney. Thank you, Susan Collins. Thank you, Lisa Murkowski. That this qualified, overqualified, amazingly competent woman was treated the way she was as payback for for something that people like Lindsey Graham felt that happened to Justice Kavanaugh or Justice Coney Barrett or whoever it was. She, it, there's no argument that this new justice is way more qualified on paper and in her career than the ones I just named, but that's neither here nor there. The point of the matter is, is that the behavior was disgusting. It was beneath the dignity of the Senate. It was beneath what senators should comport themselves as. You, It's okay to be partisan. I have no problem with that. It's okay to not want to support somebody for whatever you don't want to support them for, but do it based on facts. Do it based on qualifications and for Ted Cruz, a United States senator, to sit and, and pull out a child book, a baby book, a, you know, a kid's book, and, and, and ask a nominee to the nation's highest court if she thinks babies are racist. I mean, I just, I don't know where we are. And where we are is not a good place. But the most disgusting display of all was the entire GOP caucus. After voting against this very qualified nominee, a historic first, which... As I mentioned before, when Justice Thurgood Marshall was confirmed in 1967, the year I was born, he got 69 votes. And President Johnson made clear to the Dixiecrats, who he knew would vote against him, take a walk, don't show up for the vote, because I don't want him to have all those no votes. And he got 69 yes votes in 1967. Fast forward to the year 2022, a qualified, overqualified sitting federal judge gets nominated to the Supreme Court, the first black woman. And what did they do? 47, 47 no votes, 53 yes votes. That's where we are 55 years past the nomination and confirmation of the first black justice. Justice Sandra Day O'Connor is the first woman, got 99 yes votes. And Justice Sonia Sotomayor is the first Latina, got 68 votes. So it's, it's a sad day. And to see all the Republicans walk out the chamber after the vote, 
And, and to see everyone else clapping and celebrating a very great moment in our history, regardless of your party, regardless of, of your viewpoints, this is a historic great moment. And it proves that our Constitution is not garbage. It proves that our Constitution is, in fact, resilient, that it is vibrant, that it is living, that it is breathing, that it still uh, expands, that it still grows, that it still has a place for everyone in this great experiment 230 some years later. And so I just wanted to get on today and, and talk a little bit about what this means. Um, you know, the court is a conservative court right now. There are absolutely five hardcore conservative justices. Justice Roberts, ironically, is now the swing vote. He has become the Sandra Day O'Connor or the Kennedy. Um, and you've got three liberal justices. Uh, Justice Jackson, who, by the way, will not take her seat until the fall uh, when the court resumes in October because Justice Breyer uh, is not going to retire to the summer. So she will not be uh, when the court ends and goes out to recess. So she will be officially sworn in uh, and we'll see that ceremony when she becomes a justice and takes her seat in the fall. But she is confirmed and she is now a justice of the Supreme Court, just one in waiting. Uh, but I think that for me, watching some of the commentary and just seeing so much back and forth, what I am concerned about right now as an American is the ignorance out there in this time of instant technology where we have so much information at our fingertips. People are truly ignorant. And I'm not going to use the words racist or sexist or whatever because I want to start attributing different titles to the behavior that needs to be changed. And People who can say that this justice was easy on pedophiles or that she's pro-pedophile, you're not just ignorant, you're dangerous. The, 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 the attacks about uh, Judge Janice Roger Brown, someone who I knew, um, who I respected and who I thought might in fact be a, a uh, first black female Supreme Court justice, let's, let's just tell the truth about that. She was never nominated. President George W. Bush had two attempts where he could have nominated her. He nominated her to the federal bench. He could have picked her. He didn't. Donald Trump had three bites at the apple. He could have picked her. He didn't. And she retired, I think, in 2017 when he assumed office. So this, this notion that somehow this black woman was robbed of a Supreme Court seat 20 years ago is just a bold-faced lie. She was never nominated. You can't be robbed of something you're not nominated for. Yes, the Democrats filibustered her as Mitch McConnell and Trump did and got 200 judges on the judiciary during Trump's first term. And think about the fact that he appointed three of the nine justices on the court sitting there right now in just one term. So it's really ripe for conservatives or Republicans to talk about the Democrats doing something when they are just as guilty. Two Supreme Court seats, in my opinion, Kavanaugh and Barrett were stolen. They were stolen by Mitch McConnell. They were stolen, outright stolen. President Obama um, had the right to fill that seat. He had a year left in his term. The Constitution nowhere says that the president is only allowed to appoint a Supreme Court nominee if he's newly in office. That's utterly ridiculous. The Constitution simply says that senators have the right to advise and consent. It does not say block and delay, malign, maim, destroy, slander, terrorize. It does not say that. We're in a bad place. And for me, the great takeaway 
There were two. One, that this amazing woman is now going to replace a fine liberal justice. Uh, not my cup of tea, but certainly qualified, certainly uh, has earned her place on that court. And she doesn't tip the balance. I don't know what all this angst was about and all these antics were about other than election year politics, because the reality is, is that she's replacing a liberal justice. And I suspect she will be probably maybe a little to the right of him from everything I've read and everything I see. I think she's going to be a wild card on some things. So I think that, you know, we have gotten to this place now where we can't do anything respectful anymore. And the United States Senate is a wreck. It is an embarrassment. It is supposed to be the great august body of our Congress. It is supposed to be the envy of the world, like the Roman Senate before it, uh, men and women of uh, noble birth, men and women of high character and high valor and respect. It is nothing like that at all. And one of the great ironies was as the first woman vice president, the first African-American vice president, and the first South Asian vice president, Kamala Harris, my sorority sister, presided over the Senate that day. Um, and the first black female was nominated and then confirmed to the Supreme Court. It was not lost on me that no black woman was a United States senator to cast a vote. Uh, Kamala Harris was that one in the chamber before she ascended to the vice presidency. I don't know if Val Demings will be successful this fall against Marco Rubio in Florida. That'll be a tight race. I know the more I think about it, the more I'm interested in running for the United States Senate. Um, and I'm gonna have to keep giving that thought. I'm having some conversations about it. I think the Senate needs reform. I think it needs some independent senators. It needs some, um, some common sense, a different viewpoint. We need more than just one black woman. We need several black women. Uh, we have right now three black men in the U.S. Senate and one Hispanic. Well, Catherine Maestio. So two Hispanics, one man, one female, and then um, three black senators. So that's five minorities out of 100. Five out of 100. Five out of 100. I want to say that again. People of color in the year 2022. And for those of you who don't get why that matters, I'm tired of you coming on my timeline with your ignorant ridiculousness, you know, um, about we're racist because we support somebody because she's ascended and she happens to be black and female or everything's racist against white people. Now that's, that's ridiculousness. And this country is going to utterly destroy itself and implode if we don't figure this out and start doing a lot better. It is a great day when this country founded in 1776 officially, but long before that in 1607 when the first settlers came to Jamestown, Virginia, and then 1619 when the first slaves arrived. This nation has been here for a long time, over 400 years, particularly here in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And we started as half slave, half free, in fact, more slaves in some instances than those who were the slaveholders. And we fought a civil war. We've amended our constitution. We've granted rights. We've, we've promised equal protection. We've enfranchised women with the vote. We've enfranchised African-Americans with the vote. We have expanded Title VII and the Civil Rights Act of 64 and the Voting Rights Act of 65. And we have made great progress in this country. Never doubt that we are a great nation because we continue to do what nobody else on earth can do. 
So it's a great day when a black woman, a daughter of the South, from humble roots, can ascend to the nation's highest court and have stellar, impeccable credentials. But it's a disgraceful day when only three Republican senators can see her worth and her value and vote in a way that 20 years ago, she would have been confirmed with 70 votes, maybe more. 30 years ago, more, like Sandra Day O'Connor, which was almost 40 years ago. And we've become so partisan now and so divided and so nasty and so mean that we can't even show people basic civility. And that's got to change or it's going to break our country. Uh, It's a great day. I'm excited. Uh, Congratulations, Madam Justice. Congratulations, President Biden. President Biden's going to go down in the history books like an LBJ type. He really has elevated women of color. And I'm grateful for that. I only hurt that my former party, the Republican Party, isn't the one to have done this and to have opened the doors um, as we should be the natural party, being the party of Lincoln and the party that enfranchised the black vote for men and uh, ended slavery and, and the radical Republicans all the way through to Eisenhower Republicans. And even Dick Nixon uh, got a very sizable chunk of the black vote up until the 1968 election. Um But then the Southern strategy and the Dixiecrats flipping from them to Republican changed everything. And we've never really recovered. But we're in this dangerous place now with these conspiracy theories and this nastiness and this vileness and this slander and this defamation. It's got to end. This woman deserved better than what she got. But thank you that she had the grace, the temperament, the dignity to to understand that she was the first and that she was going to have to endure something that nobody should have to endure. I hope 50 years from now when I'm dead and gone and, and you know, my nieces are, are middle-aged women, uh, that they are, they'll be older than that, but that their country is one where they never have to see something like this, where it's just a matter of course that we have a black president, a black Supreme Court justice, or a Latina, or uh, any other marginalized group member. So I am uh, grateful. Uh, I just wanted to kind of Quickly stop by and acknowledge this great historic moment. Talk a little bit about my disappointment with how the Republicans conducted themselves and pray to God that something changes um, because it has to or America's going to suffer. Um, we're better than this. We are. Our Constitution is strong. Our Constitution has room for everybody. E pluribus unum out of many one. That's who we are. Never forget it. God bless you on this Palm Sunday, and we'll talk to you again soon.